It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Can't stop, won't stop situation. That means it's the NFL Draft Bible Radio. The biggest, the baddest, the best when it comes to the NFL Draft podcast around there on the internet. So please do like it, share it, subscribe it, click it, shake it, bake it, take it, make it, because we do appreciate it. It helps spread the word. Today is officially the day we kick off our 2019 NFL draft coverage. Of course, I am your host, Rick Saratella, RIC in the place to be here in New Jersey. I'll be joined in just a second by Joe Everett, our director of operations, and Justin Gamble, our director of college football scouting, to break down the SEC prospect preview show coming right up at you. Of course, the SEC has been dominating when it comes to the competition, dominating when it comes to college football playoff, dominating when it comes to the NFL draft pick selections. So where else better to start? Because let's be honest, there are a plethora of NFL draft prospects in the SEC conference. So what we're going to do is uh, talk about it, be about it. We'll tell you who the, uh, top seniors are to watch heading into the season. We'll tell you who the top underclassmen are going to be, you know, to keep an eye on who could be declaring early. And I even got some names jotted down here that are 2020 and beyond. The future watch NFL draft Bible always out in front when it comes to bringing you the names you need to know first since 2002. It's what we do. Check us out on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. We're all over social media. Of course, the NFL Draft Bible.com. And of course, uh, we're going to toss around some names that you definitely will want to jot down. So get your pens and paper ready. And we're going to get this party started. First off, we have Joe Everett, Director of Operations here at the NFL Draft Bible. You can follow him on, him on Twitter at Joe W. Everett. Joe, it's been too long. Uh, time to get a Look ahead, rub our crystal balls like we like to do over here at the NFL Draft Bible. Look ahead and fast forward to what April holds in store. Are you ready to break it down SEC style today? Always ready. Best conference, best players, uh, ready to rock. I know I know all the rest of the schools are ready to go, so we better be too. Oh, yeah, we are, uh, I would say, about 90 days away from the kickoff of the college football season. And uh, just a... Uh, programming reminder this saturday uh the landon collins softball event uh apparently this has become an annual event the uh charity for the j fund raising a lot of money for tom coughlin's charity of course organized by lpg license plate guy um joe ruback you know last year was really i think the most amount of giants in one place at one time. I mean, we had a hundred Giants legends, past and present, in one location. This year, uh, they outdid themselves, really. I mean, uh, there's going to be even more Giants players. Anybody that you could think of is going to be there. Um, just about every Giants running back that's ever played for the roster and organization is going to be in attendance, and we're excited to be on location. We're going to have all kinds of uh, great interviews from that event, of course, with Landon Collins, we'll hope to have uh, Eli Manning. We'll see who else uh, we grab and nab and talk to on the fly. But uh, looking forward to that Saturday in uh, Pomona, New York. If you want to get tickets, it's, uh, I think, 25 bucks for admission. You never know uh, which Giants player you get to interact and mingle or get an autograph. And, uh, you know, should be lots of fun there. And, uh, you know, we're waiting – 
on Justin Gamble to call into our show, our other part of Voltron here, and uh, to do what we always do. So, Joe, while we're waiting for Justin, let's kick off our SEC preview, the moment that uh, the folks have been waiting for. And, you know, I know uh, we're going to talk about uh, top seniors, potential breakout players, underclassmen to watch. Uh, Let's start off with the seniors. You know, uh, if you're a top senior, usually it's a rare thing in the SEC. A lot of prospects always declaring early, leaving for the NFL draft when you talk about the SEC, Joe. But who are some of the top senior players that you are going to keep an eye on heading into uh, this college football season? Well, the the top one's got to be the linebacker from Kentucky, Josh Allen. Uh, I I think uh, he's – He's being talked about as a first-rounder right now. I'm getting some early watching done on him, and uh, I mean, if someone's going to take him in the first round, that may well be. I don't see how he gets off of blocks uh, that consistently. So I'm, I'm going to be uh, digging into more of his footage. But, yeah, I, I started reading into what people expect out of him, and I'm not – I don't know if I'm seeing the day one – skills there from Josh Allen right now and not to be confused of course with the Alabama Josh Allen that was just drafted what uh, two years ago so uh, that, that, that name's coming in another Alabama kid though uh, Christian Miller that linebacker he barely even played last year I think he was lost to a shoulder injury or something in that Florida State opener for the Crimson Tide so I think uh, Christian Miller's another well linebackers at Alabama I mean they, they, they keep producing them but that's a guy I think people may have just uh, lost or uh, swept under the rug because of that injury. He'll definitely be uh, back in full effect. So I think that's definitely a top senior. And then uh, you got to include Damian Harris, who uh, a lot of people think made a mistake coming back to Alabama. Uh, But I think still the leading rusher there, what is it, like two straight thousand-yard seasons uh, for the Tide that – you know, that's that didn't happen by accident. The kid's definitely skilled. He's a bigger back, and uh, I've been kind of banging that Harris table for a while. I think, uh, boy, both those Harris kids at Alabama are going to be good. And then another kid who got injured, um, just seniors now, Debo Samuel should have been in last year's draft. Uh, if it weren't for that injury that took him out, he was just ripping every single defense he played to shreds. And that South Carolina team was playing really well before they lost what I think is arguably their MVP on that team. So uh, Debo Samuel, I think, is going to come back and have one heck of a senior season. And that's a guy, like I said, it wouldn't have shocked me if he was a top 100 pick last year. That's just how good he is, just so versatile, great with the ball in his hands. And, I mean, kick returning, he he, he basically do it all. and then I think uh, the last uh, be mistaken if we didn't bring up. Uh, I think uh, you brought him up before we did our previews on underclassmen, and now he's a senior, Terry Beckner at Missouri. Uh, I'm not sure what the the off field is maybe with him, but boy, if he doesn't look a whole lot like Sheldon Richardson, just kind of man hands, he redirects people, uh, point of attack kind of stuff. He is that, 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 that guy you want. Potentially he could play a nose, I think, just how strong he is and just uh, that bottom half. He, he is thick, built kid. So I think uh, that's a guy maybe people weren't talking to talking about him uh, sort of entering this year. He's really – I think he's just going to hit the ground running and uh, really kind of rack up those stats. But, yeah, as far as senior class in the SEC, there's just – there's a ton of names out there. It's almost, you know – where to get started and what to talk about, I will say I've found a little bit of a sleeper at Mississippi State. We've got the, the Aries Williams, the, the running back. He's a fifth-year senior. I've been looking at seeing what, what, what he's got. Watching that offensive line, it was not Martinez Rankin that stuck out from the Mississippi State Bulldogs. There's, I think he's currently their center and played guard in 2016, Elton Jenkins. I'm a huge fan of this guy. I can't count how many plays he comes around edge and just destroys a second-level defender. I mean, pancakes, uh, teabags, whatever you want to put on those fancy uh, blocking terms that he does it all, man. He really is aggressive. He finishes plays. Uh, I think he'll also play center again for the Bulldogs. And, man, that whole Mississippi State team, that new coach they're getting, Moorhead from Penn State, Nick Fitzgerald, that – 
I, I think those Bulldogs are going to win quite a few games and score quite a few points, judging by what Penn State's offense looked like the last few years. So, yeah, if you're a Bulldogs fan, you got to be excited. A great group of seniors there, too. Fitzgerald, Williams, Jenkins. they got Montez Sweat and uh, some underclassmen, too. So, yeah, SEC better be ready for those Bulldogs and Joe Moorhead. All right, Joe Everett breaking it down there, giving you Elton Jenkins from Mississippi State. A little bit uh, under the radar, of course, you mentioned Josh Allen from Kentucky, a pair of linebackers along with Christian Miller from Alabama. You know, listen, Alabama's backup and third-string backers could probably start for 90% of the teams across the nation. Uh, Damian Harris, yeah, the running back from Alabama, I mean, I think, you know, he would have definitely been a candidate for the first round should he had declared this year. So it'll be interesting to see how his – Draft stock unfolds, but uh, plenty, plenty of uh, senior talent to go around in the SEC. And while we, while you were talking, Joe, we did have uh, Justin complete the Voltron trifecta. Justin Gamble, our director of college football scouting, joining us now on the NFL Draft Bible 2019 SEC Prospect Preview Show. And uh, Justin, we're talking about top senior prospects in the SEC. Joe breaking down quite a few for us. Uh, who are some top senior prospects you're keeping an eye on, on in the SEC? Well, what's up, guys? Good to be back. Um, first thing I hear when I pop on the air is Joe's talking about teabagging, so that's right where I need to be right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the senior class isn't quite as loaded as the underclassmen class. I mean, that's for sure, but um, – I think there's quite a few names under the radar. I know he Joe touched on the Mississippi State guys. They got the senior uh, safety, Mark McLaurin, the dude that just hits anything and everything, um, who's an absolute treat to watch. Um, he looks like the classic strong safety. I, I, he, you know, he had some range last year that I saw, but I'll have to break down his tape a little more this year and see what his role in the NFL is. But, I mean, he's a well-built kid. And, I mean, every time you watch that defense, he's someone's head's coming off, and it's because of Mark McLaurin. So, um, you know, big dude, runs well, <sighs> exciting to watch. But uh, C.C. Jefferson, the defensive end from Florida, um, he's the guy that was a top recruit. They kind of beefed him up a little bit, put him in some odd positions and odd spots, whatever, used him weird. But this year they're slimming him down a little bit and they're moving him to outside linebacker. Um, the kid's twitchy. He's, you know, fast. He's explosive. He's got the heavy hands. Uh, I just think he hasn't been put in the best position to win so far, but I think this year will be that year where he's that breakout guy who's finally going to be put in the role that he needs to be put in. Um, and I, you know, he's a little short. I think he went six two 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 sixty is what he was or is going to be. But um, I think he is one of those guys that's going to break out big time and kind of become a top edge rusher. There's so many edge rushers in this class that he's never talked about, but. He's that guy for me. And then I don't know if anyone's touched on DeAndre Baker, the corner from Georgia. I don't think he's quite as good as people are talking. I think everyone's saying, you know, he's the top 10 potential pick, maybe the first corner. I don't see that, but I think his length, his speed, he's going to go um, He's gonna go high. I think he's probably a first-rounder, but he's kind of a human PI machine when it comes to translating him to the NFL. So he'll have to clean up some technique issues and everything. But tackles well, hits, is competitive. You know, he's up in receivers' faces the entire game. I think he's a fun guy to watch. And last one is John Battle from LSU, um, the the safety. He was given a medical – what is it, like a medical hardship thing after his freshman season. So he has like a – he has another year of eligibility this year and he returned and everything. So um, he'll probably be one of the leaders of that LSU defense being that it being so young over there. Um, but the guy hits everything again. Another guy that can hit, another guy that can run. Those LSU, you know, defensive backs are always pretty gifted guys and can always run, can always move. You know, they kind of fly around back there. So he's another guy that I'm watching for this year. All right, Justin Gamble breaking it down. Uh, some senior prospects to keep an eye on there in the SEC. John Battle from LSU, DeAndre Baker from UGA. C.C. Jefferson from Florida, and Mark McLaurin, another Mississippi State Bulldog. Now, uh, I'm going to give you one guy that's, you know, quietly, I think, making a, a, quite a name for himself, and that's Ryan Davis, the wide receiver over at Auburn. Uh, he actually sets a single-season record 
for Auburn with 84 catches last year, 815 receiving yards and five touchdowns. Now, I have some notes here. You know, uh, they're a little bit scrambled, but I'm going to tell you what I did find out just watching him and and learning about him. Uh, first off, you know, he comes in at five foot nine and a half, 180 pounds, according to uh, Coach Grady over there. He's been timed in the four four range in the 40 yard dash and runs a three nine zero short shuttle. Uh, that's going to be fantastic if those numbers hold up come February. Now, he's more quick than fast. He's got great acceleration, uh, tremendous ability after the catch, uh, picking up all kinds of yardage. He has a 87% catch rate uh, also uh, coming across my research. But I think, you know, when you watch him, he thrives on the quick screens and slant plays. Uh, he, he spent some more time in the weight room, he said, you know, this off season trying to get stronger and he's a former high school quarterback. So he understands how to read coverages. He understands how to read uh, defenses. He's known to be a film junkie. And uh, Joe, of course, always loves the bloodlines. His brother, Chris played for the uh, Tennessee Titans was a fourth round pick out of Florida state um, lasted four years in the league. So, you know, this is a guy, I think, if you're looking for a slot receiver, he has lined up outside, but I think at the next level, this is a guy that just, you know, lines up in the slot, has a quick get off, can gain some separation. He is Ryan Davis out of Auburn, a wide receiver, a name you need to know, uh, entering the 2018 college football season. And then, you know, Joe, I'm glad you mentioned my guy, Terry Beckner, because I, I, I told you I had a chance to uh, watch him in the spring game when we, when we did the, uh, 2018 recap show we also um talked a little spring ball terry beckner was a guy that kind of really stood out to me and i thought he was a higher rated prospect than drew Locke. but he's going to be an interesting case study here because upon my digging um you know i've got the knees well you know there's there's quite a few things here first off on film this guy's very explosive off the ball very agile has exceptional hands his hand placement his hand-to-hand combat in the trenches i just love it he's fast he's physical he's furious uh he comes in at six three and a half three hundred and five pounds now uh off the field uh 2016 cut short due to knee injury uh, February of 2016, arrested for possession of marijuana. Not a huge deal to me. Uh, then he also, going back to his freshman season, tore his ACL and MCL. Uh, so both knees are, are on the fringe here. Uh, he was highly recruited out of high school. It's going to be interesting to see how he checks out medically now. Uh, his coach, Coach Haley, Brick Haley, uh, former Bears D-line coach, compares Beckner to uh, Tommy Smith. So, you know, there you go. Right now he's he, he's really just a third down pass rush uh, specialist from the interior, 11 tackles for a loss, seven sacks last year, 35 tackles. Um, you know, Coach Haley says he needs to be more consistent, needs to prove he can be more of an every down player, and that's what NFL scouts are going to be keeping an eye on this year for Terry Beckner as well. Now, um that's going to be our senior watch list, guys. Uh, I think we're going to transition over to potential breakout candidates. Uh, always fun to know who those guys are. So let's start that one off with you, Justin. Breakout guys. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Okay. Uh, the edge rush class, like I said, has so much potential. Um, and last year, Terrell Lewis from Bama, I think he got hurt, missed like most of the season, but the opening, you know, game against Florida State. And this guy, I think he's 6'6", 250 or 260 or something. I mean, just the prototype pass rusher, but had an absolute heyday against Florida State and, you know, explosive, agile, can dip and bend. He kind of looks just like a man amongst boys out there. But I think this year, you know, if he's healthy, and I've read some articles and stuff saying that Bama has every intention to, you know, get him on the field, make him – a guy that gets a lot of snaps, a lot more than he got um, last year when he came back, you know, from the injury. But a guy that, you know, is going to see a full-time role as much as you can get a full-time role down in Tuscaloosa. But one of the most exciting players I've seen on tape so far, as far as projecting what he can be in the NFL, um, unbelievable. He's like a more fluid Alden Smith, if I want to put it that way. So um I'm excited. Bama's defense is loaded in general, as usual, anyways, this year. So, 
you know, there's so much to watch, but this is one of those guys that I don't think gets talked about enough because, you know, the traits are there. And if he, if he gets put in a full-time position or full-time role, look out. Um, another breakout guy this year will be the junior pass rusher from Florida, Ja'Kai Polite. I was mad last year because I was watching Jabari Zuniga and CeCe Jefferson on the edge for Florida. And I kept thinking to myself, like, Ja'Kai Polite looks, probably the most explosive and the most agile of all three of them. And he wasn't eligible, but this year he's a junior. And this year, I think, you know, there's a lot of times last year where they, you could see they wanted to use him more and they would pull Zuniga off the field to put polite because this guy's get off is absolutely insane. I mean, right off the snap, he's beaten offensive tackles upfield and consistently he was in people's backfield threatening, threatening the edge absolutely explosive. So Ja'Kai Polite, um, finally eligible this year. The, the, what am I trying to say? The edge rush class this year is absolutely insane. I think it's so much more, it's so much deeper and there's so much more talent than anyone realizes, but the names will start piling up. And I think um, Florida is, is loaded this year with these edge guys with Zuniga and Jefferson and Polite. I mean, watch out, but I think Polite probably has the most NFL potential that I've seen so far just with that upfield ability and the bend and everything. Um, I'm, I'm really pumped about this edge class this year, guys. Yeah. And, you know, uh, love, love the um, names that you guys are dropping and, and love some of the uh, live feedback we're getting. Uh, of course, uh, Justin Van Fulpen, a great uh, longtime friend of the NFL draft Bible, also a certified NFL agent uh, says Montez sweet. Another one of those Mississippi sweat, State, yeah, yeah Sweat. Uh, another one of those, um, you know, defensive ends, SEC uh, Bulldogs. <laughs> Just and he's a got lot of size names too. Here. I think he's he's like six six two forty or something. I mean, that's another guy with the prototype length and the the bend that you're looking for. Absolutely tremendous size there, and uh, always love the name. So keep them coming. Hey. We're an interactive show. You can get get on down. Follow us on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. Maybe you got the VIP hotline with my own personal cell phone, and you can get to me that way too. But uh, we're having fun breaking it down. SEC 2019 NFL Draft Watch Prospect Preview Show, and of course, uh, you know we we covered some of the top seniors. Now we're talking about potential breakout players. You just heard from Justin. Now we're going to go over to Joe for uh, some SEC bust-out players. Who you got there, Joe? Who's who's going to be teabagging it up? Yeah, hey, I'll give you a lineman who will be te- Alex Leatherwood. Uh, I remember we uh, did the prospectus, hey and then coming into this season, uh, everybody talking about Jonah Williams. And, and, yeah, he's a fine player. Got really good technique. I love his hand placement, but – if you watch that national championship game, Jonah Williams got injured, and most of the second half at left tackle was a true freshman, Alex Leatherwood, and he looked like a first rounder to me. I mean, like that that kid, the 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 bottom two tree trunks he has as legs are impressive, and that's that's a kid that's got to be just nineteen basically. So I think uh, he he'll probably start at right tackle there. They moved Jonah at left, and you're looking at two five stars. Starting on the uh, outside there along the offensive line, and then uh, Tua uh, clearly is going to have his breakout season. Yeah, he had the big game, the big pass to win it. He's going to start this year, and it's going to change Alabama's whole friggin' look. So I think that I don't need to spend too much time on that. And look out for his little brother, I guess, Twyla or Tulia, uh, who will also be attending Alabama. Uh, then the other team who lost the championship game, I think it's clear. Uh, if you watch that, Riley Ridley can be a force. Mm-hmm. If he could just stop being such a knucklehead, uh, he's got the off-field issues. Um, one, another guy got caught with uh, possession of marijuana, I think a little bit uh, too much there. But also, uh, he's had drops early in his career. And it's just, you see these greatness, uh, moments of greatness from him, like the spring game two years ago. He was just cutting it up. The national championship game, he's cutting it up against his brother. It's just if he could just put all the pieces together, I think Riley Ridley is going to lead that team in receiving. And then the other Georgia kid, uh, Swift, he's he's going to break out. Those Chubb and, and Michelle's gone. It, it's Swift's backfield now, and there's no turning back. Uh, I know they got 
some great uh, five-star recruit running back here, but he's already hurt. So it's it's going to be a whole lot of DeAndre Swift uh, out of Cheney's offense. And then the, the last breakout, I think, is that tight end from Missouri. I know they're switching offensive coordinators, and I do not like losing Josh Heupel. I, mean, I, I started struggling a little bit uh, now that they're going over to uh, Dooley, Derek Dooley's new offense court. But that tight end, Albert uh, Oakwood-Boonham, I think it's probably butchered the heck out of that. He's only going to be a sophomore, but that's the guy. There's no Jamon Moore. They have Emmanuel Hall coming back, I believe, but that is the focal point of that passing offense. And that guy, uh, whenever he chooses to enter the league, uh, uh, I'll just call him Big Albert. That that's that's a, that's pro tight end. If when you watch Missouri play, that that guy's going to be playing in the NFL for uh, for a few years at least. And also, it doesn't hurt he's getting coached up by uh, Michael Ignew, former Missouri Tigers. Uh, he's on that staff now, so uh, the development learning curve should be good for uh, Fat Albert there in Missouri. So those are my five breakouts. Yeah, you know. Uh... You mentioned the Missouri tight end, uh, and you did a great job, I thought, Joe. Albert Okwu Ebunam, uh, this kid here, I mean, he's going to be a redshirt sophomore, so technically he's he's draft eligible. And I think by the end of the season, this could be the consensus tight end prospect in the nation. Uh, you're talking about a guy at six foot five, two 260 pounds, runs like Bambi, um, Gained nearly 40 pounds his red, his redshirt freshman season. They just said, "Hey, we're gonna put you over here on the uh, on the shelf and uh, break glass in case of emergency. Just you, you go and bulk up 40 pounds." This guy is um, really in a really soft spoken demeanor, so don't be fooled by that because on the field, just a rare freakish uh, combination of size and athleticism. He actually led the SEC with touchdowns last year, uh, 29 of his receptions, 11 of his 29 receptions went for a touchdown, uh, an ultimate red zone weapon and a guy who I think here, he could be a candidate to declare early. Uh, and, and just, you know, if he had 400 yards receiving last year, I could see him doubling down this year. And I, I think there's big things ahead for, uh, Albert Oku Ebunam. Uh, so Missouri, Quite honestly, I, I think you know he's probably the top-rated, uh, top-rated prospect there on that Missouri team. Um, all right, now one other guy. I'm not so sure if he's a breakout player, but maybe in terms of draft stock and national media recognition. Uh, this Tyrell Dotson from Texas A&M, I think it's about time the media gives him some love. And and uh, six foot two, two hundred and forty five linebacker, two hundred and forty five pound linebacker, uh, racked up one hundred and four tackles last year. Uh, just a playmaker. He's all over the field. Ten tackles for a loss. Five and a half sacks. Three interceptions. Uh, one of those interceptions, I think, went for a touchdown. But this guy just plays with a huge chip on his shoulder. He he. He watches Ray Lewis religiously, and you can tell. He's just a pissed-off individual. Uh, you disrespect him. You disrespect the Aggies. Uh, you're on his hit list. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of, you know, rises to the top in terms of, uh, you know, inside linebacker prospects in the country. This guy's as good as they come. He runs a four six forty. He squats nearly 700 pounds. He is the heart and soul of that Texas A&M defense. And, you know, he's not just a run-stuffing machine. This guy can cover, too. Uh, just love his read and react instincts. And uh, Tyrell Dotson, uh, the junior linebacker from Texas A&M, coming off a big, big sophomore season. Uh, write that name or store it in the memory bank because that's a guy, again, I, I think, you know, when it's all said and done, uh, could be one of the top prospects at the linebacker interior position come in April. All right, so we uh we did top seniors. Uh Justin Van Fulpen again, he's on the prowl. He's got to chime in and listen, hey, we respect Justin. He's he used to contribute to the NFL draft Bible uh quite often and of course he's now a full time agent. But Daniel Batuli from Tennessee, uh six foot three, two thirty five, will be a true junior. Ninety tackles last year led the team 
of course, Tennessee going through a coaching transition there too. So Daniel Batuli with that size, uh, prototypical for the edge rush, a guy that I will circle back and uh, go do my homework on. And that's what we do here at the NFL Draft, Bob. We'll give you the names that you need to know. We'll give you some names that you uh, hopefully will go back and, and dig into yourself and get some more information on it. But we're here to put them on your radar. We've done top seniors. We've done breakout players. Now it's time to look beyond and uh, see what the future brings. Uh, Joe, let's start it off with you, the future watch of the SEC. Who are some players in two, three years down the line uh, that NFL draft Knicks scouts, talent evaluators will want to know about? Well, I definitely should throw out the other. You know, Ole Miss is not going to have a good – team this year, but they should probably have two of the top drafted uh, prospects this year, and A.J. Brown at receiver and Greg Little the tackle. Uh, Rickwan Davis, Alabama, the other junior defensive tackle. That's Those those are all probably first rounders that we'd be remiss if we uh, didn't throw their names out there just a little bit. And then also the forgotten man, Chauncey Gardner at Florida. Should, I think five-star recruit as well. Supposed to be this great corner. I moved him at safety. We don't like how he runs, and now he's getting hurt. I hope he kind of puts it all back together there again. But yeah, I thought he could have been a, a first-round type of talent there. So uh, definitely going to keep uh, earmarks on him. But yeah, my favorite uh, youngin out there is uh, we just talked about Damian Harris. There's the other Harris in the backfield Alabama, Najee Harris. You saw him in the title game, falling forward for nine and a half yards. That's just what he does. He's very reminiscent of an Adrian Peterson, just kind of how hard he runs. I'm not saying he is Adrian Peterson. No one probably will ever be. But uh, he's got some elements of his game and just, uh, I think, already an accomplished receiver. So it's just going to be hard to keep Najee Harris uh, off the field, flat out. Uh, I mean, that, that, that is as good as Damian's been and as powerful as he is back as well. It's just there's a whole lot of talent for Najee there. Um, I, I think he's definitely a clear one. And then the other Georgia back, uh, I, mean, I know, it's just I could just keep picking players from both those teams. But uh, that Miko Hardman, I, I think he had a bit of a, was a fumble in the Oklahoma game on special teams. But, man, is he a jitterbug. I would uh, say he's similar to Tyreek Hill on terms of speed. Um, I don't know if he's that, 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 that explosive laterally and that, you know, uh, stopping and starting, but boy, he gets up and gets going quick and uh, Hardman's going to be one. And then uh, uh, we have to say Jake Fromm. I was wanting to doubt him when he got in there early, but uh, I'd say about after the fifth game of his, I've watched, it's just, that's an NFL quarterback. Call me crazy, but I don't care. Uh, I think he's getting drafted, and I think he's going to play a while. Some of those throws he did in the playoffs, it's just – now, sure, you can cut up Oklahoma's defense. No one's a right home about it. But what he did against Alabama, some of the throws he was able to make against Auburn's defense, I really think uh, Fromm is uh, down the line. We're, we're talking about a first-round drafted quarterback, especially with what he's – he could get hurt and never play again. He'd probably be drafted in the top 100. Uh, just based on his footage, uh, year one alone. So that's uh, certainly a guy. And then um, a guy I'm looking at at Auburn, uh, the, who's going to replace on Johnson and Cam Petway. They got another Cam back there, Cam Martin, who probably shouldn't have played that much last year as a freshman, but he showed some actual skills. He could get in there and be the, the Tigers' next thousand yard back. So that's uh uh, definitely one I'm looking at, but yeah, of, of all these guys, I really think Najee Harris, man, it's um, it's almost a shame Alabama's got those because you know Josh Jacobs is not a bum; he's a good player too. So it's just uh, there's only so many footballs to go around, and don't get me started on their wide receivers. Uh, Judy's a stud; uh, I think he's a step right in for Ridley. But yeah, Najee Harris, were he on another team, he'd be getting the ball 30 times a game. But uh, since he's on Alabama, he'll he'll have a small sample size. But, hey, maybe that'll be good for him down the road as a pro. He enters the NFL with a bunch of tread left on his tires. So that's for a back. Maybe it's a, a good thing Najee Harris has been on the shelf this the whole last year. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a lot of interesting name dropping there, Joe Everett, uh, dropping dimes and 
Hey, 35 minutes into the show to mention our first quarterback and, you know, SEC, you think of all these prospects, you don't necessarily think of quarterbacks, but yeah, Jake Fromm, very impressive play. And, you know, if he was in this year's draft, I think he would have been drafted higher than Danny Etling, uh, an SEC quarterback. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm surprised, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go with your, your boy Tua over there in Alabama, Tua T, uh, the QB taking over that job from uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, uh, sky's the limit from him. I mean, Joe, don't you think reminiscent of Steve Young there a little bit, just the the playing style? Oh, in the left hand, that's Southpaw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I see it. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, uh, I I can see it. I close my eyes. I can, I can see that. So, uh, all right, freshmen or underclassmen, future watch, uh, sophomores, uh, Justin, who do you got? So many names this year, dude. So many names. I like Joe bringing up Josh Jacobs in Bama's backfield because, yeah, he's not getting the ball a whole lot. But, I mean, if you look at his skill set, and I had someone kind of mention this to me, um, put it in perspective. If you look at his, you know, ability to run, to just simply be a runner, I mean, the, he's got fat. He's fast. He's got – he's burst. He's got the hands to, you know, to catch the ball, which is we've seen him do a lot. I mean, the kid can catch. He can, he can probably play slot receiver if he wanted to. But – you know, the feet, the foot quickness, the power. He reminds me a lot of what Alvin Kamara was at Tennessee. And I think moving ahead to the NFL, he could be an Alvin Kamara type. And I don't think that's too high of praise because, you know, I think he might be even a little more gifted in certain aspects of the game than Kamara. He's just stuck behind Najee Harris, Damian Harris, you know, the whole Bama backfield of five stars. So, it, you know, it's a shame, but I still think he's that guy that's going to be drafted in the NFL and some team is going to be like, what? Do we, like, how did we, you know, get this guy in the third or fourth round when he's going to be a big part of our offense moving forward? So, um, it, it's it's a shame because he's you, his his flashes are bright. Josh Jacobs has those those certain plays in each game where you're like, oh man, like, where did this guy come from? But unfortunately, he went to Alabama, so that's just the way it goes. But um, Alabama has another guy that I watched last year. He came in He came in for injured Hootie Jones, um, the Bama safety. Uh, Deontay Thompson, number 14 in Bama's secondary, came in as the free safety, um, played against Clemson, and he, I think he played both playoff games. But this kid, when he came in, he looked like Bama's best safety, not named Minka Fitzpatrick. But I think he's kind of more of like a true – he fits one of the – two safety spots he's more of a prototype in one area um he, you know being the backup I assumed he might have some limitations and he might not be as gifted as some of these other guys whatever but he looks faster more fluid he's more aggressive than Hootie Jones ever was I'm I think he got put in that he fits that mold of like you know Nick Saban wanted Hootie because he's the senior, he's the or he's the older guy, he's established himself. Even though this guy is better, I mean we've seen Saban do that a lot, where the underclassman is the better player, but he trusts his older guy more. But when Thompson came in, he's clearly better than Hootie Jones ever was at any aspect of the safety position, and he run he ran better than Ronnie Harrison. He was aggressive. He looked like he had been a starter his whole life. But I think moving ahead to this year when he is going to be the full-time starter, this kid has first-round potential all the way. I don't think there's really any limitations to his game. Um, athletically, I think he's top-notch. And I think, you know, as, as far as a breakout guy goes, he fits that category. But as far as, you know, undercut, I think he's going to be a redshirt junior. Um, so he's absolutely eligible. But, I mean, <laughs> he blew my mind last year just watching more watching Bama reload bring more guys in that fit the first round mold is absolutely insane. Um, Devin white from LSU going to be a junior this year. This kid looks like the next Ruben Foster, maybe, you know what I mean? I mean, his playing style, the way he can get off blocks, the way he attacks the ball, his closing speed is very reminiscent of when you were watching Ruben Foster. And I think someone else, I think maybe it was Dane Brugler or someone said something along those lines as well. But I couldn't help thinking the exact same thing. I think he is the heart and soul of that LSU defense. He's going to be the leader. And when you watch their defense, you can't not see this kid flying around the ball. And, I mean, Jarrett Stidham is a very athletic quarterback for Auburn. 
And there was a few plays that I was watching, and Devin White is tracking him down and closing on him on the boundary in a heartbeat. I mean, it looked effortless for this kid. So, I mean, and, and then let's mention Stidham. Jared Stidham, we don't see SEC quarterbacks, yeah. or we don't talk about them that often as being, you know, top prospects to the NFL. But Jared Stidham has the athleticism. He's got the arm strength. He's got the accuracy. Uh, I think the Auburn system holds him back sometimes. But overall, his ability to fit the ball into tight windows and read defenses and throw on time, that he's probably quarterback one or one A right now because, I mean, this class moving ahead doesn't look great, but I think Stidham has all the tools to become that first guy off the board. Um, I'm excited for that. And then Marlon Davidson from Auburn, the defensive end, former five-star recruit. He's a big dude. He almost could slide inside sometimes, you'd think, and maybe play the three-tech, but Speed to power, this guy has it all. He can blow anyone off the ball and, you know, get them on their heels. So um, Auburn kind of reloads again at the defensive end spot, just as they always do. Mac Wilson is another name that I don't see people talk about a whole lot, but Bama continues their linebacker legacy with another, I think he was former five-star as well, Mac Wilson. He's as gifted as any linebacker you're ever going to see. The speed and the fluidity and the effortless mover that he is, is, you know, it's a a treat to watch. So, once again, we get to turn on Alabama tape and we get to watch another linebacker. And I think this is a potential first-round player easily as long as he stays healthy, as long as he, you know, doesn't get in trouble off the field. This is another another first-round linebacker for Alabama. The underclassmen class is so loaded this year with not only younger guys, like younger sophomore freshmen, but actually eligible guys, I don't know where to stop. I, it looks like we have 50, 60 first-rounders right now. <laughs> well, you know, great job, fellas, Joe and Justin. And, uh, Justin, I agree. Mac Wilson, listen, I'm not a, um expert when it comes to high school recruiting, but I, I, I can tell you I've watched quite enough uh, film of high school players to know that, you know, Mac Wilson, I can I can state a case that this kid's high school film uh was as good as any film I've ever seen. He's that impressive. Now it's all about the P word, right? Potential. Will he will he maximize his potential and reach his potential? And if he does, uh he's gonna be a special one. And yeah, I agree Stidham, you know, there's no consensus quarterback in this year's draft class. In my opinion, I think Stidham is uh, a candidate to be that guy. And, you know, uh, just so many good players here. I just want to touch base on a couple of sophomores that I'll be keeping an eye on. And, you know, I don't know what his position will be at the next level, especially at five foot eight, one seventy five. But Jamie Williams, uh, Jamie Williams, I don't know. Anyway, he played corner. Uh, all, all SEC freshman selection uh, had a shoulder surgery that caused his season to, to end prematurely and, and did miss the spring ball, but they're going to actually move him to safety now this year. Uh, he had 38 tackles last year, 32 of them being solo tackles. So, um, you know, he played nickelback as a freshman will play safety as a sophomore. Uh, you know, I think he kind of struggled. He got, he got burnt by the deep ball a couple times last year and uh, seemed to struggle in those jump ball and those leaping situations being just five foot eight, losing out on some of those situations, but he's got great deception. I I love how he baits the quarterback uh, has excellent closing speed and, and he does have the range. He's just got to develop a little bit more. And again, you know, undersized, so it'll be interesting to see exactly, you know, how his career uh, develops and, um, you know, we'll see uh, what position he plays. Now, I do have one more player. Justin, I know you have one more player you want to get to, and then you got to get out of here. So why don't you go with that, and we'll say goodbye. Yeah, I can start here, buddy. Um, <clears throat> watching, what was it? I think it was the Auburn game last year when I was watching Devin White on film. Um, there, they had a safety that kept popping out that ran everywhere. I mean, sideline to sideline, attacked the line of scrimmage. I saw him playing deep. Um, and just had no fear to hit anything. But he was also one of those guys that took pretty solid angles to the ball. I mean, I didn't see him fly by and whiff a whole lot, and I assumed maybe this was like a senior that I just hadn't heard about yet. But I looked him up, and he was a freshman last year. 
Um, Grant Delpit from LSU, from LSU, their safety, number nine. Um, move, I mean, another guy that I could say, you know, from I, I went back and watched a few more games. This guy looks like another potential first-round player. Um, and I, I watching him, I just couldn't find, you know, real weaknesses in this guy's game. He looked like a junior, senior starter that had all the time in the world to clean up his game and transform into, you know, a great all-around player. But he's a young dude, and um, I, you know, like I said, I was just blown away by not only his technician, the technician side of his game, but as a gifted athlete. I mean, this dude had it all a fluid open stride. His hips were smooth. They could open. He could turn. He could do pretty much anything he wanted to do on that. Putting him next to John Battle next year, I'm excited to see the LSU safety tandem because, um, you know, they have a history of these guys that come at Jamal Adams and so many more that um, come from Baton Rouge. It's really fun to watch LSU when their defense is what dominates. And I think this is going to be one of those years where we're going to see LSU kind of reload and have a dominant Tiger defense again. Um, and I think Grant Delpit is going to be probably their top safety. John Battle I mentioned earlier, but I think Delpit is a superior player. This guy does it all, does everything. Um, so put him on your watch list. He's not eligible this year, but next year, so basically two years because we haven't even had this season happen, but two years from now, um, this is another guy that I'm going to be marking down now, and I think he has all the tools to be a potential first-round guy. Love it. It's a bonus play from Justin this week. I know you got a boogie, my man. We'll see you next week on the uh, ACC 2019 Prospects Preview Show. Thank you, Justin. Can't wait, guys. Take care. All right. Uh, Justin says goodbye. I have one more player for you. Um, you know, Tennessee, uh, they lost a running back who declared there. Uh, John Kelly, I think it was. How about Ty Chandler? Uh, this is a name you need to remember. A big play, explosive running back, 5'11", 195. He's got that 4'4 speed. Uh, listen, first kick return of his career went for a touchdown, a sign of things to come. Uh, true freshman last year just showed a lot of um, – Burst, balance, strength, runs low to the ground, also a track standout, has great cutback vision. And, uh, hey, listen, his father, I love the bloodlines, his father, Chico, was a backup back in the day to uh, good old Deuce McAllister at Ole Miss. So he does have the bloodlines working for him. And then uh, one last player before we wrap it up, again, courtesy of uh, our friend Justin Van Fulpen chiming in, Nick Starkle, Texas A&M. Got to sneak in another quarterback here. Four games started last year, seven touchdowns, one interception. Uh, did have an injury that he suffered and sustained, but always, always, always keeping a lookout on quarterbacks of the future to keep an eye on. And, uh, Joe, that about puts a ribbon on the show. Uh, any final thoughts or last-second impressions that you want to add? Yeah, yeah. Two names I definitely omitted just because I'm, I'm – little uh, low on sleep. I got to get my act together. So I apologize to listeners, but Derek Brown, the defensive tackle to Auburn should be mentioned in this, in this podcast is simply, he, he's another one like Payne last year at Alabama. He's just so destructive, the active hands, the quick feet. Uh, I don't care where he was, uh, what stars or where he was recruited from a high school. He has turned into the, the Tigers' best interior defensive lineman. And I think, uh, yeah, Brown's a potential first-rounder. And then also we take this time in the program to tell you that Kentucky has a football team and there is a star on it. His name's Benny Snell. Uh, Bloodlines, his either uncle or great-uncle was Matt Snell, who led the Jets in rushing when they beat the Colts in that famous Super Bowl number three that Joe Willie called and predicted. Well, the star of that game was Benny's great-uncle Matt Snell. Uh, and this Benny is way more explosive than his great. I mean, he's got moves on top of moves. He's 200-plus, but he just outruns defenses all day. Nickname Snell you later. That's a guy, uh, if Kentucky's worth watching, that's the guy worth turning the television on. And I guess I'd like to wrap it up, listen to you and Justin about these linebackers. I know it's only SEC, but I'm starting to get, yes, it's going to be a great edge class. You know, that that's everybody's looking forward to Nick Bosa and Ed Oliver and all them cats, but 
Look at these linebackers that's about to come out. Cam Smith at USC. I think he's a high draft. Devin Bush at Michigan. Devin White, who Justin just brought up at LSU, is a stud. Mack Wilson is in the conversation. The boys at Miami, who we're talking about next week, Shaq Quarterman and Mr. Michael Pinckney, uh, are also in that conversation. I really think that off-ball linebackers, you know, that's kind of – one of these things in the league today that's a bit of a, um, a predicament is finding guys that could actually run and, and go backwards, do the backpedal, recognize zones, and, and, and that epidemic needs to be solved with some talented players. And I think this class is going to help in that. And uh, the, the actual talent level compared to other classes, this could be a really good linebacker class too that – not a lot of people are talking about as of yet, but, you know, sure, it's all about the edge rushers and, and everybody wants a quarterback and who's going to sack the quarterback. I'm telling you, that is an epidemic in the NFL today is finding guys that can actually run and cover. You know, the, the, the Lions drafted that Jared Davis thinking that'd solve all their coverage problems. Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, year one was a mixed bag. So uh, I think guys like uh, that I just listed are going to be drafted high because – the NFL just needs more Telvin Smiths. They they need more Bobby Wagners, and I think they're on their way in this draft class, man. Love it. Great stuff. Excellent way to uh, cap off the SEC preview show and, and great way to tease next week's ACC showdown. It was another extravaganza bonanza, a whole heck of a lot of fun, another hour of power. So, um, there you go. Everything you need to know, maybe not everything you need to know, but we tried to cover as much as we could with the the, the top uh, quote-unquote conference in college football. That was the SEC 2019 Prosper Preview Show here brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. And uh, we'll be back again next week with the ACC Prospect Preview Show. So before the college football season kicks off, Know the names you need to know for the 2019 NFL Draft. That's what we do here at the NFL Draft Bible. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. We're all over social media right here on the Blog Talk Radio podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and all that good stuff. So please spread the word. It is. When it comes to nuts and bolts, potatoes and gravy, whatever you want to call it, hey, Nobody. I mean, nobody. She's breaking it down like we do. So shout out to Justin Gamble, our uh, director of college football scouting. Of course, Joe Everett, our director of operations. And you already know me, RIC, and the place to be here in New Jersey for another edition. Rick Saratella breaking it down here on the NFL Draft Bible radio podcast show. We'll catch you next week, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.